Patrick, can you hear me? I can indeed. I think that this will be good to do another podcast. I got a lot of problems with you people. <laughs> what? <laughs> Welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast that has heard of Clifford the Big Red Dog. It's your boy, Ethan. And I'm Patrick. <laughs> that was so funny that you thought that that was so funny. I, thought, <laughs> I thought it was really good. Ethan just texted the... We have a group chat, and Ethan just texted... With who? Who do we have the group chat? We have a group chat with Regan and uh, and Phil. Even though Phil never contributes anything... He never contributes to, to the group chat. He's a to hermit. The group chat. I don't He's know a hermit. what the deal is. Yeah. And Maybe you got I, a new number. With the Scruple podcast. Shout out the Scruple podcast. Um, but he Ethan made a Clifford the Big Red Dog reference and Regan didn't get it. And so he, te- he texts, have you heard of Clifford the Big Red Dog? Which is just, I, I only saw that. And I just saw like a little notification on my phone. Ethan, uh, cereal bowl. Have you heard of Clifford the Big Red Dog? Big red hey, dog. hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Hey, you, heard of, you heard of Clifford the Big Red Dog? You ever heard of Clifford? You heard about this big dog, Clifford. <laughs> he's a beast. Well, the reason we were talking about Clifford is because we, <laughs> we were talking about we were talking about where Regan lives in Canada because no one, I don't know. I mean, I'm pretty sure this town is so small that if we mentioned the thing we were talking about, it's identifying information. <laughs> sure, but I don't think it's actually identifying information because no. there's probably lots of statues of moose all over <laughs> the country. There's this particular moose statue that Regan sent us, and. It was just so funny to me because Patrick brought up that the screenshot of the Google Maps image of this <laughs> moose says that the moose closes at 5 p.m. <laughs> and I was like, how do you close the statue? And then Patrick said, with a big sheet. <laughs> with a big sheet, obviously. <laughs> and that made me laugh. And then Regan sent another picture of the moose and it had this tiny I- little <laughs> fence around it. <laughs> The fence is like, the fence is like four feet tall. It's a and small the moose fence. Is just a no, it's huge. just huge, like a thirty foot moose. And I was like, how do you think they're gonna keep that moose inside there with that tiny little fence? He just walk right over it. <laughs> he just walk and just step over it. Oh man, it was just a really great midday group chat bit fest. And then I, I referenced, and then we were talking about what the real fence is, and I, and I referenced a Canadian Emily Elizabeth, and then. Regan was like, "Who's Emily Elizabeth?" And I said, "Have you heard of the big red?" I love, I love the fact that the the moose statue closes and the the fence is around the perimeter of the moose, so anyone right. could like walk up to the fence and look and at the moose. Yes, like it's. <laughs> is it like you have to? It has to be within business hours to go into the fence. Like they have a guy sitting in that field, just being like, "Okay, one at a time, please, please." Yeah, one at a time. There's a, there's a cop that monitors it. If he finds anybody looking at the moose, he'll chase you down. Please stop trying to touch the moose's butt. Thank you. Please don't. Please don't look at this moose after 5 p.m. Please stop looking at this moose. There's two things that aren't allowed. Ladies can't be outside after 8.30. (laughs) You can't look at the moose after 5. If you want to get that reference, you got to listen to our Seek 22 podcast. Check out seek22focus.org slash seek22. Best conference that's virtually held it's virtually the best conference is it you've ever the best been to. conference in the world. Yes. You can have that for free, Focus. Um, I, I I had a bit over the over the Christmas break that okay. I I thought about. I mentioned this on the Seek episode. I, the, our okay. our bit at the end of the Seek episode reminded me of this one. So I walked into Phoebe's house after not being there for uh-huh. a while, 
And um, I wanted to get something from the pantry, but I wanted to make sure no one was saving anything for later. And save, like, I wanted to eat something, but I wanted to make sure it wasn't being, like, saved, you know? Right. And so I wanted to walk up and be like, hey, is anybody saving this for later? Um, is anybody saving this? And uh, uh, I thought in my head, how funny would it be for me to not bring out a bag of pretzels, um, but to bring out something else and be like, hey, you guys saving this? You guys saving this for later? Uh, and so I brought out a bag of dog food. Like, hey, you guys saving this mm-hmm. for something? Um, yeah. The next day, I took, uh, I found the turkey <laughs> in the fridge, and I pulled out a turkey, and I said, "Hey, you guys saving this you for saving later?" Saving this for later, because <laughs> I, I love the idea of like someone picking up a turkey and being like, "I'm gonna have a quick snack, like a whole I'm turkey." Just eat this. <laughs> a whole turkey. I thought about you because I think that the joke you'd appreciate. It, it is. You this is a running Dagwood looking boy. What or Dagwood? No. You don't know about Dagwood? See from Archie. This... No, no, no. no, he's Archie esque. I would say. Uh, he's from the, the, the funnies in your Sunday comics. Oh yeah. Dagwood was known for making very large sandwiches and eating them very quickly. <laughs> that's like such a bit with like, with like, there's always like, that's a cartoon character trope. It's a guy who it eats is. big sandwiches. Guy who eats big sandwiches. I tried making a big sandwich once. It wasn't that big. I put like a pound of meat on that bad boy. You ever been to McAllister's? You ever been to Arby's? <laughs> I want you to answer my question, though. No. <laughs> okay. There's a sandwich at McAllister's called the King Club. Sure. It's literally two sandwiches stacked on top of each other. And then a you king walks in and just smacks you. In the- you can't fit your mouth around the sandwich. You have to split it up into its constituent sandwiches, which is frustrating. Because um, that's but, just two sandwiches. It, but yes. But I would imagine that if Dagwood were there. <gasps> Oh, thank goodness this chair has wheels or else I would have broke my back. Uh, <laughs> he would have unhinged his jaw and eaten the sandwich. That's what I was getting at. Um, it's, yeah, I think that is interesting because it's Dagwood is the sandwich guy, right? Dennis, mm-hmm. clearly a menace. Um, <laughs> okay, so the, it's from Dennis the Menace. No, I'm no, no. Yeah. Oh. No, Dagwood's a different comic from Dennis the Menace. But they cross over, I'm sure. They like, really look Well, I'm as, sure, but like... Yeah. Does Garfield cross over with Family Circus? I don't know. I think that'd be too powerful. Think of the merchandising yeah. opportunities. What was your favorite? Because I really enjoyed... Um, Foxtrot. Fox, Foxtrot was hard to beat, man. Foxtrot was hard. Yeah. It, that was, it was a weird point in my life when my parents still got the paper and I was like entering adolescence where every week my dad would read the Foxtrot cartoon and when they would make fun of the teenage son, he'd be like, come read this. This is you. I'd be like, what the hell? <laughs> How dare like, you? I don't, I don't sleep until... 3 p.m. every day. I sleep like until this. one. Okay. I don't have a. I don't have a. I'm not Roderick from Diary of a Wimpy Kid. You're making me out to be this kind of this this lethargic. You're making me out to be a menace. That's yeah. Dennis. His I name know. rhymes. I'm Never name a kid Dennis. To be Dennis. Yeah. Um, Foxtrot was pretty good. I enjoyed uh, the occasional Ziggy. Mm-hmm. Um, Marmaduke. And he was always getting. He's always some... getting on top of stuff. That Marmaduke. He's not Marmaduke. Poor dog. He's not a ground dog. There is one that I'm I'm thinking of that I can't seem to remember pickles. that I was pickles. pickles. No, I didn't. We didn't get pickles. Pearls before swine. Per, that's the one. That's pearls the best before one. swine. So that, that is absolutely the best. That one. wasn't in my newspaper, but I have pearls before swine treasuries. My cousins and I love pearls before. Swine. They are he's they are so funny. So funny. I always thought it was really cool when I would read a comic and they use like the symbols to do swear words, mm. and I'd be like, he he he, I don't hey, know what I'm that gonna, one is. I'm gonna. I wonder what swear word he's <laughs> I don't, saying. I don't know why this joke is funny, but that pig is smoking a cigarette, and that's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I love. <laughs> 
the 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 cigarette vibes in that in that comic were so funny. Yes. It's like rat is smoking a cigarette and pig is so pure, and then he smokes a cigarette. I love it. Yes, Dilbert. How can we forget Dilbert? Too bad about Scott Adams, but we like. Did he pass Dilbert. away? No, oh. no, he's just a Republican. Oh. Oh, I don't, I don't even have politics. He's not. He's more than a Republican. He's like super far right wing. Like oh, I, disrespectful I think, online. I think he's been on. I think he's been on Alex Jones's show. He made a tweet recently that I think is interesting, and I would like to bring up at this juncture. I did not bring up comics just so I could bring up this particular Scott Adams tweet. It seems to be working it, out for you, though. Yeah, but it's this is great content. Um, Scott Adams is. Uh, I'm sorry that I said Republican earlier. I don't. I don't mean to use the R and D words on this podcast. Um, because the R and D were the research and development words, the donkey and elephant words. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but cause I just, cause we all know that there's, we, everyone knows they're the same, right? Like we all know that they're, yeah. that they're the same, that they're all making money off of insider stock trades. Like we all know. <laughs> everyone we all knows. Okay. So NBC news tweeted 18 hours ago. CIA says that the mysterious symptoms known as Havana syndrome are not the result of a sustained global campaign by a hostile power aimed at hundreds of American diplomats and spies. And then um, Scott Adams quote tweets and says, I don't recall anyone but me saying the secret sonic weapon was obvious BS from day one. This is why you should always believe me over the government. I have the better track record. (laughs) And I'm not saying that the government has a great track record. But when the guy who wrote Dilbert is saying you need to listen to me more than your county, state, government, and federal government, it's like we live in a clown world. This is how we get demagogues. Um, yes, that's I quite would, literally how we get demagogues. Yeah. But no, I do, I do very distinctly recall a lot of podcasts reporting on Havana Syndrome and listening to them. That's where I first heard. I, the first time I heard about Havana Syndrome was because of a critique of it. His Twitter bio is number one best predictor in the country during the pandemic. That's what that's what they all say. People say number that about, one best predictor. People say that about Alex Jones all the time. I'm, it's like it's like a meme within within like people who critique uh, far far right wing um, commentators are like, oh, Alex Jones right again because he says like eighty different things that are all contradictory, and then one of them happens to be kind of correct, and he's like, I said it from the beginning. I said it. I've known the plan for. 20 years. But the funny thing is, is that he's been milking that for like 28 years on the air. You'd think that would run out. You'd think it would. You'd be like, if you're so good at predicting, like, why, why, um, like, why haven't you been able to tell us more? Like, why haven't you been able to be more correct? You know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You found Bohemian Grove. Like, but why can't you find Bohemian Grove too? But it wasn't hidden. No, but he, but he snuck in and like found... The crazy weird ritual that they do. Did, did you read the Did you read the the book by the other guy he snuck in with? No, Have you no. heard the story? He snuck in with a journalist, and he yeah. snuck in through the woods, but the journalist walked in through the front door. <laughs> it's like a. It's really funny because he he like asked a guy who lived in the town. He was like, "How you know Bohemian Grove?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah the weird stuff goes down there. Um, like the the rich people get together and they do like weird stuff." Um, he was like, do you know how to sneak on? He's like, oh, yeah, it's super easy. Just go to Brooks Brothers, get a suit, walk in the front door. The security's going to be like, this guy's rich, obviously, so he's just going to let you in. Return the suit the next day. Yeah. I just love the idea that the journalist is, like, doing the reasonable thing, and Alex Jones is like, that's not going to work. we got to get over there. He was talking about rappelling up the cliffside. <laughs> you got to hand it to him. 
You do indeed not have to hand it to him. Okay, so like, (laughs) let me just, let's pull it back, right? We did say on our Seek episode that we're not a conspiracy theory podcast, yet here we are talking about Alex Jones at the Bohemian Grove. I listen to an Alex Jones podcast. It's a top of mind for me sometimes. (laughs) So let's, you sometimes maybe have to hand it to him, right? Sure. Let's condemn the things that Alex Jones has done wrong, but let's talk about his, his desire to, at some points in his life, find the truth about evil things that were going on. And make money on it. Okay, if you had the opportunity <laughs> to rappel into the Bohemian Grove, film it, and make a bunch of money... I, I simply would not. I But I simply would is the thing. Okay, all right. Fair. And I, like, I would ask you to come with me. Would you... Okay, let's say... Forget Bohemian Grove ever happened. Let's say Ethan, through his ingenuity, finds a lead on some something similar, right? Mm-hmm. And I say, Patrick, nobody else is on this. I think I think there's something here. There's a story here that we could... Sure, yeah. We could, you know, we could build the crunch podcast network that we've always wanted to build if we just were able to get this and sell it to tmz yeah and and whoever else right would you come with me and and repel down a cliff into this thing to to get the to get the scoop to get the scoop absolutely yeah. i would and then when i find out that a journalist reported on it in the 1980s i'd be like oh this is weird this is kind of well it would be a new thing if the first part of the hypothetical was imagine if it's a different thing we got scooped um yes i have I told you about the aliens that I've found? <laughs> Man, do you have anything funny to say? Because I don't. My funny thing was the fridge bit. The giant turkey. That was <laughs> my funny good. thing. How did we That's get it. on this? I don't... Uh, Dagwood, Dilbert, Scott Adams, Alex Scott Jones. Scott Alex Jones. Yep. So... Um, I was just trying to do bits about comics. Dang it, we devolved. <laughs> we did devolve. Well, after a few minutes of discussing conspiracy theories, I think it's time for us to talk about God. I, I do too. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of The Crunch. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation, but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors. We will be back right after this. I need this. So you want to talk about anxiety. I do want to talk about anxiety. Let's just say that I have had a lot of it lately. Okay. <laughs> and it's not just me. I've I've spoken to people I'm close to. It just seems like we're just kind of in a in a phase where a lot of people are making big decisions. Everyone's kind of hard, everyone are working really hard, everyone's kind of feeling um pressure from the culture, feeling pressure from the church feeling kind of aimless, feeling kind of hopeless, feeling like, man, no matter how many Bible studies we lead, you know, the, they're still not like at the mm-hmm. diocesan level. They're still not doing what we think that they should be doing at the parish level. We're still outnumbered by all these old women that just don't seem to want to die. You know, like <laughs> it's just kind of how it feels. Lord. It just feels like that. Like we're just kind of still stuck in this. Like we've been talking about what needs to change in the church for years We've been talking about what needs to change in the culture for years. And yet it just feels like we're spinning our wheels, you know, like all the way down to the level of like personally and like in our spiritual lives and at our jobs, all the way up to like the big things that are going on, you know? And so mm-hmm. I have been experiencing quite a bit of anxiety because I feel like I'm, I'm struggling in my, in my job, like doing the things that I know that I ought to do. Um, staying focused, staying on task. Like my job is sales. And so all of it depends on my own action. Like if I don't pick up the phone and call people, then uh, you don't make any sales. (laughs) Uh, And so it's just kind of stressful 
Like when I feel, when I start to feel myself getting behind because I'm falling into bad habits because someone was mean to me on the phone and then I'm like, oh no, what do I do to cope with this? And I browse the internet and then emails pile up and then I look at the list of emails and I'm like, oh no, I've put this off for so long. This is really anxiety inducing. I'm going to solve it with even more internet browsing. And then eventually there comes a tipping point where you just are like, crap, I'm so far behind. And then you, you realize that nobody actually is like mad at you. And so you just kind of go through and you apologize and whatever. Um, and like, that's a cycle that I feel like I go through all the time where I just like yeah. put stuff off and like cope in bad ways. And then I deal with it and I face it head on and it's actually fine. And I can like operate in that space for a while, but then something will happen where it'll creep back in. Um, and uh, I think a, a potential solution to that, that I've been trying to pray into is the idea of receptivity and the idea of living in the present moment as like a solution to anxiety. Uh, I've been reading the diary of St. Faustina. Never read it before. What a book. It's good stuff. Have you ever read it? I've read parts of it. Phoebe was in the daughters of divine mercy household and our child is due on divine mercy Sunday. Our child is named divine mercy. Nevi <laughs> for now. <laughs> uh, and so I was reading it and, and she has a line where she says that um, there's no grace that's repeated. The hmm. grace that you can receive at each and every moment, like if you miss it, then it's it's gone. You can't get that grace hmm. again, right? God will make hmm. new grace for you. But like at each moment in time, there's individual specific graces that you can be hmm. receiving from the Lord and entering hmm. into. Um and like that is how she dealt with, like deals with monotony, right? Like when things are hard and you're just going at it over and over and over again, like being present where you are and being magnanimous in every moment is the invitation. And that's tough because when you're doing emails or when you're trying to get your homework done or when you're like driving to work, it's like, man, I'm just doing this thing that I'm, I always have to do. This really sucks. Like the question is not often in our minds, how can I, how can my soul respond and how can I be as great as I know that I'm called to be in this moment? Because mm-hmm. we think like we have to be generally like really great and really successful. But when it gets down to the particular moments, like that idea of greatness and that idea of magnanimity is, is lost in yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah. And so, um, I've been thinking a lot about that. Cause I just, I feel like every day I'm pulled out of the present moment by everything. And I, I like, I genuinely like don't even know, like if you ask me a percentage of time, like Ethan, what percentage of time are you like peaceful? You feel like you are where you need to be and you're doing what you need to do, which for a Christian who like believes in everything that Jesus said in the gospel, that number should be like between 99 and a hundred percent. Like if we're, if we're really doing what we need to do. Yeah. But for me, it's like 10%, Mm. you know, 8%. Mm -hmm. If you just think about all my waking hours, I think that's a really good question to start to examine. Oh, am I really living the Christian life day to day, moment to moment, as I think that I I ought? Because when I think about how often I'm peaceful, I'm not not peaceful very often, you know? Like peace Mm -hmm. is a really big fruit of the spirit. So I don't know how often, what percentage of time would you say that you are peaceful? Cause I'm interested in your answer. 
this may come as a surprise because I am indeed an anxious person with anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I haven't been tested recently, so maybe I no longer have generalized anxiety disorder because it is something that can come and go in some people. Um, but I feel peaceful a lot of the time. That's good. Perhaps just recently. I don't know. I've been praying more. Hey. So that'll do it. What's good? I'm doing I'm doing Exodus and you walked out of the room and you're like, oh, I do Exodus 90. And I'm like, haven't you done it like three times? I have done it like three times. I'm yeah. sorry. It's just... um, <laughs> I love it. It's have you never so done it before? Good. I've never done it before. Wow. I'm finding it easy. How many days have you done it? I mean, I've been doing it for about a week, but mm-hmm. it's been four days officially, but I like decided to just start early. My Exodus life doesn't 90, feel much different. Exodus 90 for the first three weeks is like the most electric thing in the world. Really? It's amazing. The rest of it is, 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 is bonkers. It's a slog. I it's, bet. No, because that's hard. like, I mean, it is called Exodus and like, I'm sure the Israelites were like freaking out. They were like, we're yes, in the we're, desert. We're Egypt done. sucks, dude. The Pharaoh screw that guy let's go and they're like riding the high of the red sea for like you know a couple weeks a couple weeks yeah it's like no, philly but like winning the super bowl you know it's like let's ride this wave and then you realize you still live in philly it's like oh man this sucks again <laughs> there's like a i don't know there's just I, I i i've seen so much fruit and i'm 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 in a different place than i was when i first considered doing exodus 90 the reason why i have never done exodus 90 is because one lent i tried to give up like everything Mm-hmm. And I hated it for the first couple of days. I was like, "This is awful." I just wouldn't let myself enjoy anything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "I then I just quit and I didn't give up anything for Lent that year." Um, and so I, I was afraid to do Exodus. And but like the um, just the rhythm and the like when I when I'm like I had a really tough day today, and it's like, man, I wish I could just like go on Twitter, or I wish I could just. I really want something to eat or like, I really wish I could just watch a YouTube video and forget everything. I'm like, wow, I can't, I can only turn to prayer. And it's like, that's been a lot of, or I can only turn to like my wife for support or my friend, Ethan, or my friends on, on my phone for, for a quick meme chat. You know, I can only, I can only turn to a few things that are personable. That's been incredibly helpful. Um, we also got snowed in my first day of Exodus 90. So nice. it was just, it was just, Monday and Tuesday were just a day of complete silence. And mm-hmm. then my wife would wake up and we would talk. And I'd be like, okay, I gotta go to work. And she'd be like, okay. And then we'd, I'd work. And then it was very nice just living in my little corner. And I was doing my, my strenuous exercise in, in our living room. What were you doing? Uh, I was doing, I was doing uh, Tabitha sets. I don't know. I don't know if that's what it's, it's called, but it's like you. Um, Tabitha Coom. <laughs> yes, sure. <laughs> I think it's Talitha. Oh, but. It is, but, um, you, uh, you do like, you do an exercise for 10 seconds, then you rest for 20, 10 seconds. And then you do that, you have four times each exercise and you do it for like a couple of rounds. It only lasts like 10 minutes, but afterwards you're like huffing and puffing and sore. Hmm. Um, and it's very, it was very, it was a very nice way to wake up. It was actually, I had, I did it before I had my coffee and it was amazing. (laughs) I was like, oh, this is how people used to wake up before they found out that you could like strain beans. Anyway, I, um. I'm saying that I'm very excited to hear that this is a common experience because I'm very happy and I want other people to experience this too. Um, not looking mm-hmm. forward to uh, 
to the to the next part. But I I do I do think that I don't know maybe this is, this is me externally processing Exodus. Um, a lot of the a lot of the giving up things I don't do. I don't make unnecessary purchases. I don't play video games. I don't really drink alcohol. Um, that's the hard one for me. I love oh, drink. Yeah, I love drinking alcohol. It's like, such a like, social thing. Like I'm always hanging oh, out yeah. with my friends, and we're always drinking. And I'm like, man, that's brutal. Did you notice? I only drink black coffee and water. Um, I I don't like using my phone, and so any excuse to not use my phone is great. Um, fasting is hard. That one's tough. I get real grumpy. Oh yeah. Um, holy hour is hard to wake oh, up yeah. for. But yeah, it, it's so I, I I want I want to live in a way like this. Like I want to live free from distractions. Yeah. Um, because and I bring that up because. Um, we're very, we're not a very resilient, uh, generation. I use that in the broad sense of like the people mm-hmm. who are alive today. Um, I feel like that's yeah, the appropriate, I think that's the yeah. appropriate way to classify generations yes. is, um, who is alive, who's you alive know? right now. Um, we're not very resilient and that's because we're also, um, we're so used to having things that are, um, at our beck and call to uh to to satiate our 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 needs and i think this has been true for a very long time longer than iphones have existed i think we've slowly woken up to realize oh no um we woke we've woken up to find ourselves uh anxious um Mm -hmm. and it's because when you have escape right like when you have a tv now you can go inside and you can just like turn off your brain and watch it Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have to deal with your neighbors anymore. You don't have mm-hmm. to deal with, you don't have to rely on other people for food because you have refrigeration. You don't need to, um, you don't need to go to other people's houses for dinner because like you have a turkey that you can just cook for yourself and have leftovers for a week. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone saving this? Anyone saving this? <laughs> um, you don't, you don't need to do any of those things. And then slowly but surely as, as technology gets better and better, now you don't even need, like there was a, there was a thread on Twitter a couple weeks ago about someone like hiding in a bathtub and the caption was uh, when the door, when my DoorDash delivery guy knocks instead of just leaving the food at the front door. And it was like, someone was like hiding. And I was like, you're that afraid of talking to a person who is bringing you food Mm -hmm. and you want them to leave it on the ground. You would rather your food be on the floor than talk to a person. That's weird. Also don't most doors open out. You want them to leave it in front of your door. Bad idea. Um, you'll get trapped or you'll knock over your soda. So like, I, I think we, we've, we've gotten to the point where we, we, um, we've, we've found so many technological solutions to our problems that we don't know how to deal with them. And it's not just an internet thing. It really isn't. Which is why I like Exodus because it's not just an internet thing. Right. Food is a comfort. Mm-hmm. Alcohol. Alcohol is a comfort. Video games are a comfort. That's digital. But like, I mean, it's funny because like books aren't a comfort. Shopping, shopping is a comfort. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's funny because like books aren't a comfort. Like you're still allowed to read on Exodus ninety, and I think it's because like have you ever tried to read while you're suffering? It's hard yes. to focus. <laughs> I've tried to, when I had the coronavirus. I tried to read a book. And it's my head very hard. hurt. And I was like, I don't care about this. This sucks, dude. I hate words. Is what <laughs> I, was I never want to look at another word in my life. <laughs> Gomer brings up an interesting point on catching foxes quite often that the same 
We get the same response from a, a strongly worded email that our ancestors got when they saw like a lion or whatever. I don't know exactly what it is, but like, yeah, we have these totally mismatched biological responses to our physical realities. Um, it's partially just because of the nature of the world that we live in. Like I have to be on my computer and on a cell phone for my job. I have to drive a car to get to where I need to go for a lot of things. Um, and it's just, what if your realtor showed up on a bike? Be great. Riding on the plains. Of, a, of- a Mormon realtor. <laughs> uh, and so like my, my, the, there's a lot more things that can cause me anxiety, but the anxiety that can cause me is a lot less as far as like degree. So because there's so many solutions, let's say my car breaks down, right? Call an Uber, right? For a couple of days Easy. until it's fixed or borrow my wife's car and like just drop her off or ask my boss for a ride or ask someone else for a ride. There's a solution. But when you like add, okay, my car is broken and I'm behind on this thing at work and we need to go to the grocery store and, you know, I'm running out of this and there's this, like you start adding up just all the things of our complex lives that didn't used to be as complex. And it's just no surprise that like we find ourselves not facing these things and just, and turning to the, to the easy, easy solutions. Um, and that's just so difficult for me to to face the reality of how really how often I do that because like today I was trying I was working from home I was getting emails done as soon as like I came to a problem where I like didn't know the immediate next thing to do I was like get up and go get a snack <laughs> you know and I like noticed that about myself I'm like man every time this gets hard I I get hungry and I go get something to eat hmm. I was eating good things right sure I'm eating cheese and you know uh, uh, pepperoni cheese from the bag pepperoni shredded cheese from the bag I make an egg um a couple of hershey's kisses bottle of milk and uh some gummy worms Interesting. i'm i'm doing great this is you graze don't you i'm a big grazer you're a big grazer yeah. yeah but it's just how i deal with it it's like man something's hard at least i know i can have nice nice good food in my mouth you know <laughs> like okay let's make another cup of coffee because coffee's delicious and like i'm I'm stressed about this thing. Um, or like I get annoyed because I can't focus on my work while I have a podcast playing, but I like, I like the noise of the podcast, but I can't focus on my work, you know, and I end up getting all distracted. And then I try to play music, but the music is too loud. Like I just, there's all these yeah. different ways that I just, and it's a no wonder that I get to the end of my day and I come home and Emma's like, how was your day? And I'm like, Oh, it was really, I'm stressed still. Because I, when it's time to sit in silence, I can't do it, Patrick. Mm-hmm. I just, I I know that I can. I've done it before. But it takes like a significant amount of willpower. And that then that leaves me drained for other things. And so I'm like trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to maintain like a certain level of ability. But it feels like I'm just killing my soul the whole time. Mm. So. I mean, you may just have to like practice sitting in no silence. just like force yourself to do it like a muscle no. are you telling me that i have to habitually grow in virtue you're, so that i can 
yeah. solve these problems. I know the solution. <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not, I'm just saying, this is just the, the reality that I'm going through right now. Cause I'm, yeah. and I'm just trying to tackle one thing at a time for a while. I was missing prayer. Now I'm getting up early and I'm praying every day. Good. You know, like holy hour at six 30 to seven 30. Can, I, can of, I share a glory moment? Yeah. I've been waking up at six o'clock feeling refreshed for the past three days. Hey, I don't understand what's welcome happening. to the refreshment cast. It's uh, that's never happened before. I don't know why it's never happened before. I think the 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 important thing that I need to remember this is my this is Ethan's takeaway. I'm not saying that this is a takeaway for anybody else in this podcast. Everyone tells me that I'm too strongly worded on this show, and I'm tired of it. I'm only going to give myself advice from now on out, and you guys can take it or leave it. Um, <laughs> I want to live more in the present moment. Yeah, and I want to. When there's an opportunity for noise or a snack or um, a distraction or some kind of comfort, just like giving myself a double take and saying like, okay, is this something I actually need? No. Okay. Is it something that would be good for me right now? Sometimes things that you don't need are good for you. All right. Um, Because if you haven't had a snack all day, it's like three o'clock and you're running low on whatever. Maybe a handful of nuts is not the worst thing in the world, you know, to keep you going until the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not saying get rid of that entirely. Unless, of course, you're fasting. Um, but that's a whole different game. But I just, I have so, I, I haven't been doing my examine and I have so little awareness in the moment of what I'm doing that I just kind of like float through my day. Mm. And like, mm-hmm. just rely on my own natural talents to like get done what I need to get done. I know a guy who said some things about an unexamined life, and I think he said it's great. <laughs> the unexamined life is good. It's great. It's got. He, he didn't say that. He did it. It was. No, that's not wrong. true. That's not true. Um, yeah. yeah, man. Yeah, no. It, it's it's interesting. I I really do think. I really do think. And it's not. This is not just old man yells at cloud or young man yells at cloud. Is the case maybe? Yeah. But I really do think that the problem is, is 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 media. It's the Novus Ordo. <laughs> <laughs> the, social media is our Novus Ordo. It's true. It's our. It's our. It's our yes. Novus Ordo. Um, the the reason the reason why it's a it's a Matt Frad quote that it encapsulates something that I read in an article this morning. Do it in the accent. I don't know if I can do you that. You can't do actually. an Australian accent. I, I I did once and it was pretty good. Sometimes I sometimes I'm really good at impressions. Sometimes I'm really not good yeah, at impressions. That's tough. Um, he said a, a a girl was like asking him like what's the what's the difference between me reading a book on my phone and uh-huh. you reading one on paper? And he's like that I act on this that acts mm-hmm. on you. Mm-hmm. I think you told me that. Yeah. And I, I'd like to I'd like to couch that in like a in 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 a more scientific or more like practical. I don't know what the word is. A more precise, more precise language. Um, when there's a difference between static and dynamic communication. Mm-hmm. Static communication is like a lecture. A lecture that is recorded especially. How about a an, letter? I was reading an article. Sure. Yes. But no. Um... So hold on, hold on. Static communication. We have twelve minutes. We got to hurry this up and get to Doctor in the Saving Corner. Okay, 
Just FYI. Uh, static communication is, um, you should not let me talk about conspiracy theories. Um, I know it's my fault. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, uh, static communication cannot be modulated by the receiver. Dynamic communication can be. I was reading an article about this. The guy was uh, the MIT guy. He did the MIT challenge. He did an entire four years of MIT in one year. And he watched the lecture at, he watched the lectures at double speed. What's and up, guys? I'm doing the MIT challenge. What's I'm up, paying, guys? MIT I'm challenge. paying full tuition every semester. Make sure to <laughs> like and subscribe. <laughs> he did this like 10 years ago. So oh, okay, yeah. um, he watched the lectures at like double, triple speed sometimes. And people mm-hmm. were like, you're, you're not you're not retaining it. And there was a study that came out that said retention really doesn't fall if you listen at double, even sometimes triple speed. Um, and if you listen to our podcast that fast, you know that's true. Because the you don't need you could you can listen to this fast because I'm modulating my speed based on how long it takes me to process what I want to say. You have a good you have a good grasp of what our um what our what our concepts are you understand language well so you can you can process it pretty quickly if i start talking about like trinitarian theology mm-hmm. you might have to slow the podcast down um you may even have to like stop and re-listen to something and that's because the the communication is static i can't you can't change the way you receive mm-hmm. um the 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 communication except by like some kind of technocratic technological means mm-hmm. reading is different mm-hmm. having a conversation is different you can you can change and, and you can increase and slow the speed of the conversation. Um, there's a hierarchy I think I'm saying here. Is that like static communication will take a lot of your attention because it's just constantly at you. And social media is that way. It's just constantly at you. It's constantly at you. And audiobooks are like that. Podcasts are like that. They're constantly at you. There's mo- there's there's like dynamic communication where dynamic media where you can you can slow and speed up the rate at which you receive it. And that's in person communication. And books. Mm-hmm. And then there's no communication where it's just you and God. Mm-hmm. And he's just communicating to you through your soul. And that's like the most sublime form of communication. I think I think that's what I think we should that 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 kind of communication needs to be the or the communication where you talk to yourself. Like you communicate with yourself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think those are sublime forms of communication and we're missing that. And because the 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 static communication is so abundant we're just used to that. And if that's not the way that someone's talking to us, we don't understand it. That's all I got. What if you let God tweet to your soul? Tweeting with God by Mark Hart. <laughs> that's, that's actually a really helpful distinctions. I, I, Thanks. We'll have to talk more about that in the future because I think those are really, really good points. I'm very grateful for that. Of course. Dr. Dean's data quarter? Yes, please. <laughs> All right, you came to the right place, you ding dong. It's called communication, baby. Welcome, to Dr. Ethan Zany Corner, sponsored by Catholic Match. You can start your free profile by going to catholicmatch.com slash crunch to let them know he sent you. Uh, Ethan. Yeah. How do I tell someone it's not going to work out? Oh, this will be fun. This one listens to the pod. So Yahoo! we got to be real nice to him. Oh, yeah. This one comes from... Oh, he, wants, he does not want to remain anonymous. Jacob. Jacob. This one comes from Jacob. Nice, strong name. Uh... Dr. Ethan, for reference, I'm a fifth-year senior in college. My question is, how do I tell someone it's not working out? 
I've broken up with two different women after three or four months of dating. Uh, I've also gone on a couple of dates with a gal, but called it off before I committed a relationship. In short, I hate doing it. Every mm-hmm. time it feels like I've kicked a puppy. Mm-hmm. But I know breaking up is better than pursuing a relationship I'm not interested in. Oh, right. yeah. yeah. Is there a page in some appendix of the Roman Missal that has formulas for breaking up with someone? <laughs> um, I am not with you and with your spirit. Okay. Uh <laughs> Is there that is formless breaking up with people based on how long you've been dating? Uh, I've been gone a couple. I've gone on a couple of dates with another gal, but she was the one who called it off. I made it a point to not be upset when she told me and to thank her for her time. <laughs> thank you for your time. <laughs> but even then, it was awkward. Um, I found out that Catholics frequently bring up the olden days when dating was super common, and apparently, no one was ever overthinking it. Hmm. That's a nice thought. Um, but how about sharing the practical breakup tips from those olden days instead of just expecting young Catholics to just know how to do casual dating when we live in a culture that casually dates on Tinder? Your patient in Christ, Jacob. Good point, Jacob. Um, I don't think that time ever existed. No, no. People were you, you're telling me You're telling me you think there was a time when people didn't overthink relationships? We're human beings. How much have we really changed? Right. No, not at all. Um, so I've only ever, I got broken up with once in high school. And then I was in a bunch of like non-formal, weird relationship-esque type things that were never defined um, that like started and ended willy-nilly. Uh, and then one time I broke up with a girl over the phone while she was in Israel. Um, so that would not I advise. broke up with a girl over text. I've done it. I did D- it. Don't do that if you can. I had to. She made me. Um, yeah, I think what you do is... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't do what I was going to say because that's it's probably not correct. Um, let's see here. Oh, here's an idea. Invite her over, right? Say, hey, mm-hmm. you should come over. Um, me and some of my friends, we're going we're gonna to break bread together. This will be really beautiful. She comes over. She's the only one there. You break the bread and say, all right, that's, that's us now. <laughs> As You're I that am. loaf, and I'm and I'm and I'm this loaf, and then you throw one of them out the window. And you say, say this she is... who dips her bread in the yes. morsel dish with me will not be my girlfriend, and then you shove her hand into the morsel dish just over and over again. Just um, I would say probably meet up in person. Probably not somewhere that's. You don't want to imply that you're going to be like sitting down for coffee for a long period of time. You know. Like you don't want to go, you want to say like, Hey, can, can I meet you at your apartment? Right. Cause then she's on her home turf. You're, you're coming in, you're going to drop the bomb. You're going to leave. She's instantly in a place of, of safety and, and security. Yeah. Right. You don't want to put, you don't want to put anybody on, on their back foot for this kind of thing. So meet them on their turf, wherever that is. And just say, Hey, can I come over real quick? Just want to, just want to chat. Uh, cause there's no, like, there's no good way. There's no, there's no good way. I think you're looking for something that has no answer. There's, there is no good way. And it's, Hey, I've really appreciated the time that we spent together. I've loved it. No, to know no, you. you're breaking up with me. No, I, I am know immediately. Yes. I am breaking up with you, but I think, I think this is the best. And then, and then just leave. Like, you don't need to say like, it's been such an honor. Like God has really done it. Like you don't need to do all that crap. Just say like, I think it's best if we, if we see other people. Um, and if she says, can you explain why? Then you explain why. If she doesn't ask for why, don't give reason. Don't answer don't any questions. Don't give reasons. Don't answer any questions that she has not asked. That's, That's a really good point. It's like yes. the opposite of sales. When you've made the sale, stop selling. When you've yes. made the breakup, stop explaining it. Yes. And just say, hey, I think, you know, I don't think this is going in the right direction for either of us. I think I need to 
see other people, you know, whatever. And she says, Oh, okay. And then you leave. And then you, if it's, if the conversation is done, you say, thank you. I wish you well. And then like, or I'll see you around. Like if you're going to see her around, say, I'll see you around. And then you walk away. Don't give her a hug. Don't try to do like a kiss on the cheek. Weird thing. You just walk away. Bring chocolate. No, don't bring chocolate. Don't, don't bring any, don't bring any gifts. Yeah. She's not going to want the chocolate. She's going to throw it away. Um, so that would be my advice. You get it. You just, it's really just a bite in the bullet. And then thinking about the other person and trying to have empathy and making it as easy for yeah. them as possible. I don't even know if you just say, I think we should see other people. No, not even that. We'll just see each other. Yeah. That's probably better. I was looking for those words and you found yeah. them. Yeah. Thank you. I just don't think, I don't think this is working. Yeah. Sorry. Maybe you don't even say sorry. You probably shouldn't no. say sorry. I just don't know what my vocation is. And I feel like God is pulling me to the seminary. But like <gasps> also, I, <laughs> <laughs> don't use another vocation as a way to get out of your current oh dating gosh. relationship. What a that's don't do that. What a bonkers move. I really okay. hope my my coworker is here. Though I hope they don't think I'm actually throwing actually up. Throwing up. I kind of I kind of hope that they do. I have a <laughs> I have another meeting in three minutes. All right, I gotta end this. Patrick, thank you for podcasting with me. Of course, anytime. I love to podcast. We'll do this again next week. Um. Patreon.com slash Discord.com. Join the Discord. Patrick, do you have anything else for the people? If you uh, if you ever want to break up with someone, do what Ethan said. If you want to break up with our podcast, remember you have to send a formal notarized letter to our PO box that we haven't released yet. Uh, we have a customer service line, but it's always busy, so you can never stop listening. Thank you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. That's not good. Did you ruin the podcast, Ethan? You didn't ruin it. Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you. We'll see you all next week.